Folks, you are listening to history here. It's the very first football-inspired Card Chronicle emergency podcast. I've got no idea how loud I can be right now. I've got headphones on. Uh, I, I woke up Mary, who's very pregnant and very unhappy. I heard the baby crying a little bit. I, I think they're back asleep now. I, I, what did we just see, Dan Snard? What, what, what the fuck just happened? I mean... Who doubted Scott Satterfield? <laughs> I, I, I didn't doubt Scott Satterfield. Of course not. Uh, I mean, what an absolute performance, uh, and, and just what a turn of events there at the end. I, I still am kind of in disbelief. It feels like it's been forever since like Louisville's kind of been in that talked about game. Um, and man, it felt so, so good just to see the fans going nuts. Um, what just an absolute huge win, not just for the football team, but for the athletic program in general. I mean, Swollen Balls has been trending on Twitter all day. Who knew that it was like a, a prescient forecast of what we were going to see from Scott Satterfield this evening? Um, I, I mean, I, I'm just at a complete loss for words because it went from – you had every single swing of emotion. It starts off with, here we go again. Everything sucks. I'm so done with this football program. I'm so done with that. <laughs> then it turns to, hey, at least they're battling a little bit. Like, we're seeing a little something. And then it's like, what a fun half. My goodness. Like, like I, I've forgotten how great this is. Then it's like, I forgot how great it is to be nervous. Then it's, oh, my God, we're actually going to fucking do this. Then it's, everything sucks. Why the fuck do I ever watch sports? And then, like, one of the most incredible all-time memorable finishes that we're ever going to see from a Louisville football team and it comes in a spot like this where, I mean, how many times on this podcast, like dating back to even, I mean, hell, like last year, have you and I sat here and talked about, we just need a jolt. We need a shot in the arm. We need something good to happen. Just some positive boost in, in some sport, whether it's even something off the field, we just need something. This kind of feels, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Maybe we're getting caught up in the fact that it's 1122 and we're recording this uh, right after the game's ended, but this feels like it could be that moment. Like I, I have not seen this fan base collectively this happy in I can't even tell you when. Uh, did Jalen Alderman save Louisville athletics? <laughs> I mean, oh my god! I'm like who? Like he was running down the sidelines. I'm like, who is that? Go baby! Um, but well, no, my reaction, it, by the way, was if there was a video on me, like <laughs> it, it was the nerdiest. Like I'm like running in place and just like trying to to stay silent, but just be like, go, 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 go. I mean, it was like every stereotypical nerdy dad football moment of all time. I mean, just absolutely lost it. Just I, I, just total throwback to my older days when I could not keep my emotions in check. Just absolute mayhem in the car. I think the, the best part about that play was ever. Th there's no way that. No, like every single Louisville fan had the same thought in their head, like, oh my God, how many times have I seen this movie? Like as soon as, you know, that lineman comes in and gets the interception, we're like, I cannot believe it's going to end this way. And so like, to me, like a, a turnover wasn't even an option at that point. It was like, please just get a stop and hope he misses the field goal. Um, so to have that happen, I mean, oh my God, I mean, we just needed that so damn bad. I mean, you, you can't emphasize it enough. Um, and then, I mean, God, Scott Satterfield, by the way, called a, a phenomenal game. I mean, at my hat tip to him. I, I absolutely loved everything he did on offense. 
Um, you know, the defense, they definitely held their own. I thought they played well. Um, but like there was like so many moments in the game that are like just now coming back. It's like Malik Cunningham is actually named after Yule Brenner <laughs> from Cool Runnings. I, mean, I was like, but, okay, that might be the highlight of the game, and then the interception happened. But Nettie drops that tidbit like <laughs> like in the celebration of the double pass from Braden Smith, <laughs> like like the greatest play we've seen from a Louisville football team in a solid four years. And then it's like, oh yeah, here's a cool. Yule Brenner cool runnings fact about your quarterback that we somehow have not heard in four years. I was like, am I high? Like, I, I, what is going on right now? This is just pure mayhem. I mean, just all of it was so wonderful. And you're right. There were so many plays that now I'm like, as I'm sitting here trying to collect my thoughts that I'm kind of starting to remember. But the, I mean, the overall just panic that I had there at the end, because all I could think of was it was so reminiscent of 2013 where yeah. – got the good vibes you're feeling good they come back and then that last drive of UCF just so easy just just running it down the field kind of reminded me of the game-winning drive they had in 2013 and then when they get the interception all I can think of is 38-35 it's the same goddamn score like like, I and I have forgot I've talked about this on the radio all week long and if you haven't listened that's fine but I had forgotten just how obnoxious Central Florida fans are and the stuff with the, I'll give Keith Wynn props for inadvertently getting the ball rolling on that, but the stuff with the, there were not the Golden Knights, how dare you call us that, like we're all pissed off about this. Like it's made this week fun, and it was just, I felt like it was a necessary distraction. It felt like a throwback to the old fan days where we used to do this stuff and get really into games and just get excited for the week ahead by kind of poking and prodding uh, with the other fan base if they're overly sensitive like UCF fans are. But this whole week I've been like, man, like it's been fun. I'm going to get so much shit on Friday night. Like, like I'm just waiting for like the, the, the blowback and it would have been 10 times worse than it would have been if they'd blown us out, if they'd won uh, in that dramatic fashion that it looked like they were going to. But to have that flip, to have that range of emotions, it almost like if we had won on a pick six without the heartbreak that had happened right before it, it almost wouldn't have been as good. Like just to go from, I mean, I literally, I posted the, 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 the picture of, uh, of Walter White dead. In Breaking Bad, yeah. like my, my go-to "woe is me, everything sucks" moment, and then thirty seconds later, it's the greatest Louisville sports moment I've had in in like four years. I mean, just unbelievable night. Uh, and like, all I can think about is like after the game, you know, seeing how excited everyone is on Twitter, how excited the fans were. Like, damn it, we needed this. Like now, yeah. like I'm already excited about the FSU game next week. Like, this is what we wanted. Like. We're involved now. We're two and one with a loss to a potentially now looking at it like a very good Ole Miss team. Um, and you know, we beat a, a fringe top 25 team in UCF. So, I mean, if you would have said, Hey, are we going to be two and one after three games? To be honest, I'd be pretty thrilled. And sure. Um, I mean, the way it happened, it, that makes it even better. But I'm, <laughs> I don't know if you watched Satterfield's interview after the game. I, I can't stop laughing at it. He was like, I just want to say hi to my mom and dad. <laughs> like he was like totally acting like, like he had the pick six or something. <laughs> but like, I, I think the best bird, I was like, God, what if he like signed off and he was like, stay golden pony boy? I'm oh, like, Oh God, that would have been great. Good. Um, the official U of L account tweeting it was good enough. I was like, hell yeah, this feels like when <laughs> when the PA announcers were talking about DePaul Day, and I was like, okay, we've we've gone a little too far here. I don't I don't know how far we want to push this thing. Yeah, I know, but I mean, I don't know what more can you say. I I, I honestly, 
there really wasn't, I mean, besides the interception, which like it was kind of a flute play in itself, that was tough. But one thing I did have in the back of my mind, I'm like, geez, even if like we, you know, we don't score here and they don't score like overtime. I mean, Malik was getting around on one leg. I'm like, yeah. overtime is going to be very dicey. So the fact that the way it went down, you know, with the pick six, that was just unbelievably perfect. Um, God, let's go, baby. Let's go. Yeah, the way that they ran the ball down our throats at the end there, all I could think of was oh, yeah. if we go to overtime, we're we're fucked. Like like this, yep. we need to go ahead and score here. And I mean, I know he's been a really good kicker. I had a lot of confidence in him. But if you're James Turner, how like how relieved are you? You're like, all right, that was that was fine. It was going to be a long field goal for me. I'm over yeah. two from from fifty plus. I, I'm fine with the the pick six. That works. I'll I'll take it. But I mean, I'm just trying to now like process like the the build up to all this because you go back and you look at it I mean the offensive line out of seemingly nowhere is fantastic against what had been considered like a really good front seven for for Central Florida I mean there were all the stats about them being this tremendous rush defense and I know that the numbers are limited after two weeks but still like what you saw on tape at least Keith was saying this on the radio show today is like indicates that they are like a legitimately solid run defense and our offensive line pushed them around and the game was brilliantly called, but Jalen Mitchell, I-, I thought was much, much better tonight at finding holes and hitting them and getting what he could get uh, on certain plays, uh, stretching it out when he could, cutting it back when he needed to, like his whole vision just seemed way, way better. And we ended up playing four running backs because Mitchell got dinged up. Uh, Travion Cooley got dinged up a little bit. We saw Maurice Berkeley in there, but I, I mean, I- I- I'm doing this, on the fly, I just now remembered like the the fake punt that got stopped. Like at that oh, moment, yeah. I'm like that was like, I'm dead in that moment. I thought we were we were cooked at that point, and it was like 55 what crazy things happened the, after the that. The defensive stop after that fake punt was huge. huge. That was like one of the biggest game changers right there. But yeah, I mean, it it, it was I mean it was just like a balanced effort. Like it, it like the defense, yeah, it gave up a little bit, but like it really stood strong when it needed to, and then. You know, the offense, I thought, for the most part, did what they needed to do. And it was nice. Like, we didn't have a lot of negative plays. Like, that's what just killed us last year. We would always start, like, second and 13 or we'd be in third and 15. And we we did a pretty good job of kind of staying on schedule. So I think that helped out the offense a lot. Um, I mean, we do. God, we love that third down draw with, with Malik. And every it time works. I'm like, I know. Like Every time he does it, I'm like, God damn. Well, all right, first down. Okay. Well, I was texting uh, with uh, I was texting with with Brian Smith, uh, our mutual friend, about this earlier, and he was like, "Here comes the Malik run on third and seven. And I'm like, I, I feel like that play, the third and distance QB keeper, has like a 93% success rate, but the seven percent of the time that it doesn't work, we're like, "What the fuck are you doing? No, like, how you're, possibly you're do? exact. Every time he starts to run it, I'm like, I'm like one of the grumbling fans. I'm like, "Oh God!" But he finds a way, man. He gets nifty, like, you know, when uh, he's in close quarters there with defenders, which is nice. But, um, you know, I know we give him shit for, for you know, kind of milking injuries a little bit. But obviously it was obvious that he was cramping there. And what a job by him for toughing that out and, um, you know, for the most part being big for us, except that later interception, which was kind of fluke. But, Yep, I mean, let's go. Two and one. We're on to FSU. We got some momentum. Um, yeah, I like it. I'm so glad this happened against Central Florida too. Yeah, I mean, I know, right? God, what a 
what a loser fan base. Sorry if that was mean. I I hate him. I mean, you're obnoxious. It's almost impressive that you can be a group of five program that hasn't even played FBS football before 19... Like, they joined FBS in 1996. They started playing football, period, in 1979. And they've somehow, in, in that short amount of time, gotten the rest of the country to hate them. Like, everybody hates UCF. That's how obnoxious you are. That's how annoying you are. It's it's one thing if everybody hates Duke basketball or Alabama football or Notre Dame football or whatever, but you're UCF. And people still are like, are these guys ever going to shut the fuck up? And that's who you are. That's your reputation. It's not the 13th or no season or you know being a group of five or getting to it, by the way does this count as a big 12 win now can we say that oh yeah definitely that's a power five win for us for sure big 12 win and the five-year theory is in full play i i talked about this today trying to get some good vibes going trying to get some good juju going yesterday september 16th it was the 15-year anniversary of the the miami bird stop game and then today this day september 17th 10 years ago it was the Teddy Bridgewater coming in against UK game, winning in, in Lexington as an underdog. And then five years ago today, Lamar against Florida State, college game day in town. Lamar goes nuts and becomes the Heisman front runner. I'm just saying, 2026. All right, that's it. Tyra, get Clemson on the schedule for, you know, September week, 17, week three. 2026. Let's go. Week three, make it happen. Can I also just say, like, it's – it's so UofL. Like, I almost love that it happened this way. Like, I'm looking at the timeline. We've got we got Louisville fans arrested on the field. We, we, oh, I mean, yeah, I forgot so, about that. God, I forgot about the kid running on the field. We're so fucking back. Like, like rowdy environment. Like, people going nuts. Crowd going nuts. Beer lines were short. Beer lines were short. Let's go. Beer lines were short. It's like, and the total attendance for this game was lower than last week against Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like, hey, uh, I, 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 this, Don't care yeah, at all. this, this game, a hundred percent, I think is going to get people. It, I'm, I don't want to say it's going to get people all the way bought back in, but now people are like, all right, like we got a competitive team and, you know, hopefully we can do something with this season. But I mean, me, I'm, I mean, fuck, I'm all the way back in. I mean, I'm head first right now. I mean, do you realize how long it's been since we've had a week like the one that's ahead of us where people are just going to be kind of optimistic and looking at the right. bright side? I mean, we're going to spend this whole week. I get to do the thing that I've been wanting to do, which is say the following line. You know, when you look at the rest of the schedule, <laughs> there's nobody out there besides Clemson that you feel like you really can't beat. Like, like that's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at bowl projections. I haven't got, I feel like I haven't got to do that in forever. Like, I love looking at bowl projections. Oh my god! I mean, just the way it went down, seeing like like life from the offensive line, seeing the. I mean, the other thing is Malik was so good. I mean, really carried this team on his back for three and a half quarters until the, the cramps took over at the end, and even even then made some big time plays. Like I'm thinking of you mentioned after the the fake punt got stopped, how big it was for the defense to get a three and out. UCF still chose to flip field position and pin us deep, and I was kind of thinking like it was great to get that stop. But the offense is floundering a little bit. Malik rips off that twenty-yard run right off the that bat. Was big. Yep. It was huge, and he just made so many plays like that. And then to Satterfield's credit, on a lot of those third and shorts plays where he'd been getting so much heat for the last two weeks, his play calling there. I mean, the little like flip out to Jalen Mitchell worked perfectly on that huge third and four. Uh, he seemed to just have it dialed up perfectly almost every single time. There was only one or two series, and they both happened late in the game, where I kind of felt like. Yeah, like we've seen the 
these plays before. UCF seen these plays before. It felt kind of like the Ole Miss game. Besides that, I mean, we went up tempo. We had some RPOs. We just did things differently. And we I, I threw, wonder, we threw on second down. It was amazing. Like we, unbelievable. I, it, it was, it was, uh, it was a nice change up for sure. Um, and one of the more underrated parts for me was beating Gus Malzahn. I don't know why. I fucking love to beat Gus Malzahn. Um, <laughs> like that you just love it, do it regularly. <laughs> yeah, I know. We do it all the time. Let's <laughs> yeah. um, nice bring his, that back. His, his mannerisms on the sideline like bugged the hell out of me, so that felt good to get a win over him for sure. Um, just, uh, I mean, it just felt good to put send them back to Orlando with a loss because they've been all week long like this whole this undeserved sense of accomplishment as if like, hey, I bet you guys wish you didn't leave the AAC now. And it's like, no, like, I, I haven't thought about you at all since 2013. And I'm not going to think about you again until we play. I think we play them again next year at their place. Like, cool. Go down. Be irrelevant. Have fun in the Big 12 when you get there. Uh, you're, you're nothing to us. Enjoy was our there, Was there any part of you when, like, Malik could barely walk that was like, should we put Evan Conley in? Yeah, just because, I mean, if he wasn't – I was worried that he was going to try to do too much, which kind of ended up happening with the last interception. Yeah. If he's not – because if he's not a threat to beat you with his legs, it, UCF can change his defense up entirely. They can focus only on the running back if there's some sort of, you know, RPO or, or play action, uh, action. And they can blitz him, and he can't really do all that much. And, I, I mean, it, he's come a long way as a thrower. He certainly threw the ball well tonight. But when you don't have that little drive off of one of your legs, it takes a lot out of your arm. And so there was definitely a part of me that was like, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. But to Satterfield's credit, I think he did a lot to kind of, a lot of quick throws. He, he did some stuff with Mitchell out of the backfield. He, he did a lot to kind of hover, cover the fact that Malik wasn't able to do the things that had made him so effective for the first three quarters. But, man, I feel so – Malik Cunningham playing this way I think opens up a lot for the rest of the season because there was a concern like just based on how he played last season, based on how he played the first two weeks. I mean, if he wasn't going to be better than that, there was really not a whole lot of hope to have anything resembling a good season. And now that we've seen it firsthand, it opens up the door and, and the prospects to, you know, do the things that we were talking about potentially three weeks ago, you know, giving up their winning eight games, maybe being in the mix to win nine games, being a threat or a factor in the ACC. Like all of that's possible if Malik's going to play the type of game that we just saw him play tonight. A hundred percent. And like, man, that's a good UCF team. Like I watched him against Boise State and I was like, uh oh. Where, this could be like I mean I texted you I was like this could be a long night um but I mean yeah but you know what like <laughs> what one thing that has kind of stood out to me especially like how nice is it to have like good safeties on the team like oh, I, I, was huge tonight. oh my god like it, it just seems like you know whether it's coming up on the run or playing the pass, like it, it's just so much easier on defense when your safeties are active, um, you know, and able to play both. But that's one thing that's really sad to me. The secondary in general, I got really scared, uh, scared when Trey Clark went down because I was like, Oh shit, if this is serious, like we're in big trouble for the rest of the season, but it was good to see him back out there. Uh, so yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. What what a game, man. What a game. I'm, I feel like I'm, I just, like, ran a marathon. That was, like, exhausting. Yeah, you, you mentioned Trey Clark. I mean, he's clearly, I think, our most talented defensive player, um, was our the MVP of last week's game. And he 
was was dinged up for most of the night. You could tell he was just trying to trying to gut it out and had two touchdowns thrown on him. The second one you can't blame him for. I mean, yeah, that was, that was like a thread the needle situation there. Absolute laser. But to have, I mean, arguably your I don't think there's any argument about it. Your best defensive player that limited and still find a way to make the plays you need at the, at the end of the game to win is I mean, that's something. Q Cole the the tip on what I was 100% sure was a touchdown pass was enormous. Uh, Kendrick Duncan has been good all year long, although he did get beat for the first touchdown. But, I mean, just guys stepping up. Monty Montgomery wasn't great, but when he did, he still was always flying all over the place. Yasir Abdullah made a couple of big-time plays. Uh, I mean, just uh, there's a lot to be excited about based on the way we played uh, tonight. And the, the sad thing – not that the sad thing is it looked like it was – going to be a set. If Louisville had lost that game, I still would have like seen the same things. I still would have been excited about you know, the fact that we were so competitive and had so much energy and, and saw so many good things from so many different people. But you wouldn't have been able to talk about that because the entire right. focus would be on, you know, is Satterfield the guy? And, you know, these guys, are, are they going to check out completely now? It, it just, the margin is so thin. If, yeah. if, UC, if UCF doesn't make that last play and, and ends up kicking the game-winning field goal, then we're all, you know, none of what Malik did before the interception matters and all that stuff. But because uh, Jalen Alderman, a guy that we did not spend much talking about before J-A. the season or during the J-A. season, yeah. I mean, he's always going to have that. I mean, he just he completely flipped the entire narrative surrounding the season, at least for the time being. I mean, if they go down to Tallahassee next weekend and you know, lay a total egg, then this doesn't mean nearly as much as it, it seems to right now. But I don't think that's going to happen, man. They didn't quit playing last year. They have not quit playing after the the old Miss debacle, and I'm going to give a shout out to, uh, to again the scoop on the Mike Rutherford show. It's been right two weeks in a row. We gave you the scoop last week. I said we also gave you the, on the podcast last week that what I had heard from people with the team was that practice wasn't going well, the coaches weren't happy, and don't be surprised if they start slow on Saturday. Yesterday and today, I gave the the, the word that I'd received, which was. Practice has gone a lot better. The focus was good. The intensity's there. And the text that a, a coach had sent to a, a mutual friend today was just get ready for a show tonight. That was the, that was the text. Could have meant different things. It meant what we were hoping it meant. And again, the big X scoop, it's second to none. It, 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 it feels good. We're back. I'm, I'm, everything's wonderful right now. This is awesome. I, it really is. I mean, gosh, even after the game, they went straight to Sports Center. Nulu got a shout out. Um, and then the Reds were the first highlight. The Reds were the first center. highlight. We beat the Dodgers <laughs> like, tonight. What, what is happening? Fr- what a Friday night. No, I got a quick call in with my dad afterwards, and he was he was actually uh, driving like to Northern Ohio tonight, and he was like, "You should hear the Paul Rogers call." And I just got on Twitter, and everyone is like, "This might, you know, it might have dethroned the Jerry Smith Marquette call." So I'm oh, I'm very excited to listen to the Paul Rogers call this interception. <laughs> Should we just try to play it right now? <laughs> if you if you can pull it up, I don't have the actual clip in front of me. Um, I'm gonna try to find it. Yeah, that, that, everyone okay. everyone is absolutely raving about it. All right, let's see if I, I, I'm hoping that this will work. Here we go. It's only 20 seconds long, so I think we can make this happen. Okay. Waits has it. Global rushes hard. He throws over the middle. That's how out of an interception. Global's got it. Coming to the 50. Coming to the 40. Down the sideline to the 30. To the 20. One man with a shot. Fun. Touchdown. Touchdown. <laughs> well. Oh, okay. 
okay. It's like, what's that scene in Four Year Old Virgin? It's like, hello, is it me you're waiting for? I mean, fully back right now. Just completely. <laughs> just completely. Oh my god. I mean, this is just, this is great. This is the best. I, I, I didn't realize how much I missed this until right now. This is wonderful. God, I mean, uh, it's so good. Like when your football team like isn't like written off for the season, you because you always you're like, man, we still got a chance to make noise. Like you, you just have those crazy outside thoughts. I mean, we're two and one with a, a win over a good opponent, and your mind just starts to wander, and it's just the best feeling. I've been hesitant to say this, but I know that you and I both agree with on this point, so I'm just going to say it now. And could be proven totally wrong. Like I think Ole Miss is really good. I, oh, I, think, I said the same thing. I was like, are they, I mean, just uh, eye test wise, I was like, Jesus, these guys are good. Like, uh, I think we could wind up having a decent, like a, like a good season and look back at ourselves and, and how we reacted to that game and be like, yeah, I mean, if we'd only known back then that that was a, a team, because they just, they looked far superior to UCF. They also, and this is kind of a shot at Gus Malzahn, I think they, they looked much more prepared for that game like we ran I talked about it the um on the podcast we did last week we love running that third and short play or when we're around the goal line the little fake handoff Malik sprints out and then just throws a little dump pass to Marshawn Ford we tried to run it against Ole Miss they were 100% ready for it sniffed it out they had like four guys on Marshawn we ran it tonight scored a touchdown like with ease and that just to me shows the the difference in preparation. Like I would not be shocked at all if Ole Miss winds up having a really really good season, and we look back and we're like, yeah, we probably went over the top with our freakout. And that, that's also my hope. That may just be the the euphoria talking right now. Yeah, no, I mean, totally agree with you there. And I mean, now now we become UCF fans the rest of the year. Um, Do we? I mean. I mean I, I guess we're probably like not going to the playoffs, so it's not like a huge deal. But like, <laughs> yeah, this is not I'm like <laughs> this is not 2011. <laughs> it's like we need you to win every game. No, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's obviously thing. gonna it, it's gonna look bad. I mean, it would suck if like it's like oh UCF like lost seven straight games. Um, Who cares? We're not posturing to get into the Belk Bowl or anything. I, I I don't give a fuck what happens with UCF. All right, all right, I'll, I'll give it. To, I just, I, I like, I want like the wind to you'd be like, look back at the end of the season and be like, man, that was a really good win. Um, yeah, I see. I, I know what you're saying. I, I get it. Um, but yeah, do we have any? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm, I'm, the, um, go ahead. No, I'm just gonna say like, I, I have a large nightcap poured right about now, and this is like yeah, one of those boy. nights where you, you have the nightcap. And I, you don't you don't even want to go to sleep. You just sit on your back deck and listen to music. Uh, I, I'm 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 totally in the best mood right now. What's on the playlist? What's the Dan Celebration playlist? Oh man, <laughs> it's like Sandstorm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in my back. Uh, no, I you know I'm a big My Morning Jacket guy. Uh, that's kind of like my wind down music at night. So. I'll probably do that and throw on some uh, Tame Impala, mix it in a little bit. boy. I'll be perfectly honest with both you and the people listening. I did not expect a Scott Satterfield-inspired emergency podcast at any point this season. I really did not expect it going into tonight. This is only the third one we've ever done. It's become a running joke after any time something semi-good happens, we get flooded with emergency pod tweets and people wanting us to do this. We've only done it after the, the Kentucky basketball win this past season and the Duke basketball win two years ago. So this is rarefied air. We don't just do this, you know, for nothing. 
the fact that this was a historic finish and a shot of positivity in all of our arms that was desperately needed, I think justified us getting on here and doing this. So uh, shout out to everybody who asked for this. We made it happen. We're feeling good. I'm like you. Like now, I, this is one of those nights where as tired as I am, the baby did not sleep very well last night at all. I, as tired as I am, like I, I'm probably up for at least two more hours. Like I, I, I it'll be 2 a.m. before I can fall asleep. I'll probably watch the highlights. I'll probably watch 15. I'll watch that Paul Rogers clip about 35 more times before I go to sleep. It's just, this is the best, man. This is I, why and we and like, trudge through needed, all the negativity. I needed a pick-me-up because on Sunday – my wife invited 30 kids to my son's birthday party. <laughs> a 30-kid birthday party. I've been thinking about it nonstop. I, I can't even entertain two kids. we got to entertain 30. I don't know what I'm going to do. I need this God. victory. Oh, man, let's go. But we'll end on this note. A lot of times when things are going the way that they've been going for, I mean, it feels like a long, long time, but at least the past several months, you always hear the question, why do I do this? Like, like, why do I care? Why do I keep going with this? Why, why am I following these teams? This is just, it's nothing but pain and misery and negative headlines and losses. And it's just not good for my mental health. And the answer is you trudge through those moments. You trudge through those periods of time. You persevere. You stay loyal because it makes moments like tonight that much sweeter. It, it makes the feeling that much better. If you checked out and hadn't watched any of the games and said, I don't really even care about this. I hope we lose. I hope this guy gets fired. You, you would have celebrated tonight, but it wouldn't have felt as genuine. Being a, a fan means being a fan. It means staying true, not just when you're winning national titles or when you're bringing in five-star recruits. It's going through all of the bullshit that we've been going through for the last eight, eight years. And hopefully we have more moments like this ahead. But I mean, this is why you do it. This is why we, we deal with all the, the negativity and, and, and the bullshit. And it made a night like tonight that much better. And, and I'm on cloud nine. You're on cloud nine. I'm assuming everybody listening is on cloud nine. This is great. Um, I wouldn't want it any other way, man. Attaboy. Uh, we've got it. Well, I'm sure we'll have another podcast uh, at some point this week, getting you ready for FSU, probably talking more about this game. But man, I uh, hope everybody celebrated this one. Finishes like this don't come around all that often. Keep celebrating. Enjoy this. Drink up. Stay up till 5 a.m. Watch that Paul Rogers clip a million times. It's worth it. And until we talk to you guys again, go Cards. Go Cards.